The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hrofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Download Cut today in the App Store, that's K-U-T-T, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Gilbert, joined as always with my co-host, Joel Meyer. Uh, Joel, if you don't want to be a Hockey Gambling Podcast host, you're not going to be a Hockey Gambling Podcast host, I'm going to have to trade you. But uh, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, nice one there. Uh, I'm doing okay, I guess. Uh, another another defeat in the, in the sport of football, but I'm, I'm tired of whining about my losing football bets for the past few weeks, so... How about those fucking Vancouver Canucks, though? Uh, I was watching that at the same time as the as the Natty, and they, you know, the shotgun doesn't tell the story, but the Canucks were they were dominant in the first two periods at least, and just just outskilled the Rangers, who were playing in their own end for uh, a lot of the game. And yeah, the Canucks are, you know, I, I, was, I was having my doubts like most of the season. You know, I got all these bets on them, but I, I still in the back of my mind, like, look at their their PDO. They're making all these saves. They're getting all the bounces. They're scoring these goals that maybe they shouldn't. But now it's this team is the real deal, and I'm really starting to believe. And yeah, I got the I, before the season, I have 150 to one for them to win the President's Trophy, and I was thinking of just you know using the equity hedging here and there. But you know what I did this morning. I bet some more <laughs> 16 to one for the Canucks during the president. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we, we have a few, a few other opponents and contenders to deal with, but um, no, I, I'm all in on this team. Now uh, the, the real deal, fuck the PDO shit. Canucks are going all the way. I mean, yeah, the, the Canucks look good. Good, good win last night. Uh, I think we're both on them on tonight in uh, Long Island there. I think the, I think the line move against them. They were plus plus one ten. I think when we podcasted, uh, recorded yesterday and then um i think they're down to maybe minus 105 or even money now so yeah that, i mean the money's moving that way they do have have some uh, competition there i mean the jets are still in first but like they were they were top of the west at this point last year so we'll see if that continues bruins are always tough but yeah it's going to be a interesting race there so i think 16 to 1 is probably a good look for the canucks uh i'm doing pretty good i am uh more positive than most about this uh go cutter gotier jamie drysdale situation um uh we'll get into that a little bit more but uh yeah make sure you are subscribed to the hockey Gaming podcast uh, where you listen to your podcast uh apple spotify leaves a five-star rating and review uh, also subscribe to us on youtube going live there we're live there now shout out everyone in the chat if you have any questions for us we'll get to them at the end of the show should be a bit of a shorter show here with only three games and some futures talk at the end but uh yeah anything else you want to How'd the uh, national championship go for you? That was a uh, pretty good, right? Or no, Washington? You were you were on no. Washington. You were you were, yeah, you were anti-Michigan. Not good. Fun game though. At least Washington were more competitive than it looked like in the first quarter. First quarter, Michigan just you know bullied them, 
if we 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 were guessing maybe it's going to be like uh, Georgia, what they did to TCU, what they did to Michigan two years ago, just uh, being the stronger team, just running down the throat, and nothing that the smaller team can do about it. But no, Washington actually came back. They they made some adjustments on defense. They were able to stop the run, force McCarthy to make some plays, which he did. To be fair, and on offense, so Michael Penix, Michael Penis. Turn into uh, yeah, we went flaccid, and he, he didn't make the throws he was making all year long. He looked like amazing last last year or last week. He looked like the uh, the quarterback that started this season the first half of the year, and I was thinking, okay, he's he's healthy again. But no, uh, last night no, he turned back into a, a bit of a pumpkin and just was missing sh- missing throws that he usually made. And unfortunately, we lost. But uh, good for our SMAP uh, Beijing Wings, who was a, a major. Michigan fan and he was uh, you know he hasn't been seen or heard from since but I'm sure he's on a, a nice bender uh, celebrating the win for the Wolverines yeah I'm sure he's he's, uh, he's having a good time there yeah I, I saw Michigan went up went up pre- pretty early and then took a lead there and I mean yeah that, that I, I was I was surprised just as a casual fan that they were such a small favorite so I guess it was kind of the, the expected outcome but I, but all I all I read and saw was that like the the one game sample size you know Washington anything can happen yeah, I mean Washington's playing. They they play close claims, close games all year long. Like they 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 won them all. They were like the the Minnesota Vikings last year, but uh, in this one, no, they just went up against a superior team, and that that's what happens when um, the bigger, stronger team. Oh, do we have somebody coming in? To yeah, the... Talon Talon is apparently good to uh, join us here. I, I, I thought yeah. he was working tonight. Um, Alan's working. Alan maybe over to take over here. Uh, here, let's let's bring him in. Uh, Talon oh, Jenkins. We, we, look who it we is. thought you were we thought you were working tonight. We got my co-host, uh, the main host, Talon Jenkins, joining us right now. Uh, how you doing? I you look, like, I, up from a nap. I just woke up like right now. I don't work. I was on midnight. How are we doing? What's up? What's going on? We're, oh, we're doing we were good. just talking about the natty. Did you watch that game? I guess not. You're working, right? No, I was working last. I was tracking it though. What a kind of a letdown spot that, that was, dude. Uh, Joel, you were on Washington, right? Yeah, from way back when. I didn't have much hope, you know. Line was closed like minus five, minus five and a half. But, but at least at least they came back in the game, made it competitive. But no, there, there was only one team winning that one. Mm-hmm. Panix Jr., I saw some clips. It looked a little nervous, yo. It looked a little shaky in a big-time game. You know, fuck, this guy, you're expecting to go off for like 300 yards every game. And I guess he still had, what, like 260 through the air, which is good. But like bit of a bit of a... I don't want to say disappointment, but I mean, I thought he was just going to go out and absolutely ball out, but hey, is what it is, bro. Yeah, I mean, he has a, a bunch of, of receivers who are going to be in the NFL uh, sooner than later. Oh, and uh, unfortunately, he just couldn't connect with them a lot of the time. And also, Michigan Wolverines, they, they are their defensive line just dominated the the Washington O-line. Oh, and by town. But uh, <laughs> it was a, I think, I think it was a nice little cameo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'll get into the uh, the cutter, cutter Gauthier stuff. You know, the, the the big thing here, the big thing, big news in the hockey world over the past uh, 24, 23 hours here is uh, the Flyers were more or less uh, forced to trade Cutter Gauthier. Uh, apparently, he did not want to be in Philadelphia. If you don't want to be a Flyer, then you're not going to be a Flyer. And the uh, the Flyers made that known last night after the trade, but. I'll just go through the, uh, the the timeline here a bit of the of the Gautier uh, news as it came down to me. You know, I was I was I was, I was you know, enjoying myself after the podcast last night. The Flyers were playing the Penguins, oh, already down one or two nothing in the first period. Having so, problems. 
<laughs> all, good. all good and then uh yeah it's the uh the i got the uh the the newser email from the flyers flyers acquire defenseman dot 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 and i was like who the fuck are the flyers trading for right now in the middle of a game like what, what's going on i see it's jamie drysdale in a second round pick i'm like okay who they give up for that and it's fucking cutter Gauthier, the guy less than a week ago i'm praising he's gonna be the flyers next great sniper he had the big goal in the world juniors time to the gold medal game he, he was the top point scorer or tied for the top top point scorer and he's gone. He, he did not want to play in Philadelphia. Um, as the night progressed, you, I mean, things leaked out that, you know, it, it was probably around uh, last year at the Worlds, last year around May. He, he decided he didn't want to play with the Flyers. And things come out that, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a reporter from Philadelphia who is known to throw a lot of shit at the wall. And then if what the what few things do stick, he's like, oh, I, I called that right. He says, oh, I think Kevin Hayes' fingerprints are all, all, all over this. And then Ryan Whitney slaps, slaps back at that with quotes from Hayes. Uh, Andy Strickland came out today from Hayes. And, and like that was great to see because like that that just – I hate that kind of reporting where it, 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 it breeds like other people – trying to be insiders saying like oh i'm hearing this i'm hearing this and then once when, when something happens that they did say they were hearing they're like oh i'm an insider now so but that, that, that point besides there yeah cutter Gauthier didn't want to play here so he's not going to play here and i think the biggest thing is that this was almost a, this was six seven months where the flyers reached out to i think 15 to 20 teams danny Breer, keith jones said that they they knew uh Gauthier would want to potentially sign with and uh, credit to those teams, credit to the Flyers for keeping that quiet for as long as they did. Because if that got out, that would have definitely hurt their leverage. Uh, this was probably the the high his highest value right right now coming off the World Juniors, as Keith Jones said. Um, and yeah, I, I don't buy the Kevin Hayes stuff at all. I am actually, uh, as I said before in the podcast, I am uh, kind of liking that liking this news. You know, it's very rare that a fifth overall pick, especially from two years ago, gets traded. Oh, I want to mention that the Flyers apparently wanted to trade up and draft Rhinebacker's fifth overall for Gautier, who was the fifth overall pick the year before, which I think would have been a great move. But I think that this trade is is uh, even better. You know, Gautier didn't want to play. Apparently, Friedman reported today that it was due to a contractual issue where Gautier wanted to, you know, he he always wanted to be one and done. He told the Flyers when he was drafted, he was pumped up to, to, to be a Flyer, he was pumped up to join the organization. He had a quote, I think, with with Chicklets over the summer about like when he met John Tortorella, he was like, you know, happy to be here, happy to meet you. And Tortorella was like, yeah, I love that shit, love love, love that. So like, it, I don't think it was Tortorella. I don't think it was Hayes. I think it was just, you know a, a contract thing, maybe a teenager being a teenager wanting to play with play with his friends, play in California, not want to play in a hard market, what have you. But yeah, overall, I I am happy with this trade. I feel like the Flyers needed a, a defenseman, specifically a right handed defenseman. You can go out and, and get a top six, middle six winger in free agency. We saw Tarasenko sign a one-year deal. You can go out and trade for someone like the Brinkett. You can you can sign these guys to be role players, but defensemen, especially right-handed defensemen, you can't go out in free agency and not get without completely overpaying for it. And defensemen is something that the Flyers definitely needed. Uh, I think Drysdale right now is probably like a, a number four. He's like a solid second-pair guy for a, a good team. He's one of those guys, like as Talon always talks about, got fucked by the pandemic. He was drafted in 2020, and then really his uh, development kind of hit hit a wall there with that, and also his injuries. And I don't remember exactly what he had, but I think it was something. I mean, last year and this year, after having a full season two years ago, still 21 years old, going to be 22, I think, in April or May here. So he's still young. He's younger than Cam York, who we drafted a few years ago. 
He gives us a right-handed defenseman. He, the Flyers are now going to be able to, you know, trade Sean Walker. Now there was a there was a question of if they trade him, but now that they have a right-handed defenseman, they can just plug him in for Sean Walker, trade Sean Walker for a first-round pick, maybe trade Sealer with him and, and get something else. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people are like, okay, Cutter Gauthier might be, you know, might be a great sniper at the NHL. He he could be 40-50 goal scorer, or whatever. And if that happens. I mean, we're going to hate him as much as as much as we possibly can. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be hellish for him coming into the Farg uh, next year, his first game with the Ducks. Uh, you're going to get you got the it's got the JD Drew, Scott Rowland, um, whoever else here talking about bringing batteries into the game. So all that good Philadelphia that. stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it it like frankly, it sucks to lose Cutter Gauthier, fifth overall pick, but like the Flyers, he he just he he turned heel. He he said he wanted to sign with the Flyers. He said he wanted to. Excited to be the Flyers, be with the Flyers. They weren't going to sign him. Or they weren't going to draft him if they didn't know that he wanted to be there. So something changed over the past twelve months, whether it be at juniors, whether it be contractually, whether it be you know somehow torts or or, or what have you. Some of these rumors out there. And yeah, it, it sucks to lose a fifth overall pick. It's very rare to trade a fifth overall pick before he reaches the NHL. But if he wasn't going to sign, the Flyers did a great job of keeping it quiet, using the leverage that they really didn't have to get. A, a legitimate defenseman that has top pair potential can run a power play. He's, he's done that for the ducks and that's something that the flyers desperately need. Their power play is hellish and he fits the timeline. He, he's going to be 23, 24 when, when, when Michkov comes over in two or three years, I mean, he's going to be right a part of that core. So I feel like defensemen are harder to find. Gautier could end up panning out and being, being a great, you know, first line, first line winger. They were trying to uh, make him a center a little bit. I'm not sure if that's going to pan out, but he can, he can be a good winger and, Nope. Quite frankly, I think he fits in with Anaheim's kind of soft culture over there with uh, with Trevor Zegers. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you guys hating hating on the Ducks <laughs> for the for the foreseeable future. So 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 that'll be good. We'll be going. Uh, the the all, all the quacking is done here. But uh, yeah, those are my those are my uh, initial takeaways here. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys have on it at all. Well, my favorite thing about it was Tortorell's presser, where he's like, "I don't know, Cutter from a hole in the wall." <laughs> he's done with there it. So many good quotes. So many good quotes came. Yeah, I want to talk about Jamie. He's the guy coming here. Fuck the other guy leaving. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and this is a 2024 pick, right? So it'll be a. No, it's it's 2025. It's 2025 okay. second round pick. But like the Ducks are going to be a bottom ten team, so it's going to be a a top 40, 45 pick at worst. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a first round pick. Yeah, but we've been pumping the tires of Jamie Drysdale for a while. Uh, you know, he hasn't quite met his potential yet, but he he certainly um, has has that potential. And yeah, I think that uh, under Tortorella, I think that you know he'll bring him in slow as he tends to do with with the younger players. But um, no, that, that I think I think it's it's it sucks losing Gautier, who's uh, he's going to be a tremendous talent and all that. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world for the Flyers. I was I was expecting you to be uh, on the op- other opposite side of this, like like the rest of the Flyers fan base. But no, you're 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 seeing the bright side of things, and that that's 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 fine. Um, yeah, like Gautier was, uh, you know, he, he was he's other than Celebrini, I think the best player in terms of talent wise, not maybe not in terms of production, but at, at the World Juniors. Um, uh, we could we could talk about Yuri Kulic and all that, but no, Gautier was was phenomenal, just just making these plays and all that, and it's it's right that the Flyers were excited for him. Then ultimately, blue balled at the end of it, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think that's uh, it's it's not the worst deal for the Flyers. They could have done a lot worse, you know. It wasn't a total Lindros situation where uh, no. you know, <laughs> you know, just got fucked. Um, 
yeah. So uh, what, what do you think, Talon? Uh, no, but, but, but just on that Lindros note, this is not a Lindros situation. Lindros made it known he would not play in, in Quebec. And they Quebec drafted, drafted him anyway. Him anyway. So fuck, fuck Quebec for that. And also, it's the Flyers have like so many good young forwards, especially wingers. Konechny is still only 26. Farabee's 23. He's coming into his own now after a neck surgery last year. Owen Tippett's looking like a player. Bobby Brink, Tyson Forster, both solid rookies. So even Morgan Frost, like they they have these young forwards. They just needed a, a young defenseman. So that, that that's why I'm looking at more like positive. Like, yeah, did, did they possibly lose the trade? Probably if there's a winner and a loser. But I think it is kind of like a, a win-win situation for, for both sides, given the, uh, the, the, the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now, let's... Let's start with what we can start with, right? Like, uh, as a Flyers fan, Ryan, this must this sucks, right? Like, let's be honest, this fucking sucks. You know, they, we we just watched Carter Goche have a fucking fantastic World Juniors tournament. The kid has awesome, you know, offensive power. When we saw him being drafted, I'm sure Flyers fans were hyped for it, right? So th- this is a bummer. Now, from a Philly point of view, when you have a player that says, "I don't want to sign with you," what's next? Right, like, what do we do now? You can focus on the oh, this this kid's bullshit. He doesn't want to do this. And to the Flyers' credit, and to Philadelphia fans' credit, for the majority of what I'm seeing, it's fuck this kid. Even with what Tort said, what did we get? Right, and you got Jamie Drysdale, and Jamie Drysdale will be a guy. You know, this was a sixth. I think he went sixth overall in like what twenty twenty one or something like that. Like, this is a guy that and you brought it up. He, he was impacted negatively from the whole COVID thing, like a lot of people in that draft were. We don't know fully what we have in Jamie Drysdale. The potential is there for him to be a solid, you know, potentially top two, top one, even right-handed defenseman, maybe in four or five years or so. But something that you brought up there, Ryan, that I do agree with is that he does fit the fucking timeline, man. Like, look at the whole Mishkov thing. Look at some of these other younger players that you have here. So. When this first went down, I was like, holy shit, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. But then I started to like calm down a little bit and like look into it. I'm like, you know what? This isn't the end of the world for the Flyers, dude. My initial thought was, and I don't know why it came to this, and I had to do some digging, and I was wrong with my initial thought. My initial thought was, you know, Phillies fucked themselves in the draft lately. You know, they they lost Cutter Gauthier. You know, Nolan Patrick didn't turn out, and they flipped him for Ryan Ellis, who didn't play. And then I did a bit more digging, and – you guys drafted some guys that are contributing, man, like Joel Farabee, uh, Cam York, who's the other guy, fucking Tyson Forrester. Like, these are guys that you picked in the first Bobby round Brink. in the past, like Bobby Brink. These are first-round picks that. that you guys picked in the five year, past five years that are playing on your team and impacting. You know, some of them are rookies this year, but they're having good rookie seasons, man. So uh, I, I was wrong. I was like, the Flyers have been screwing themselves out in the draft for the past couple of years. They haven't. They've had two kind of things that missed the the nolan patrick scenario sucked you know he didn't really quite pan out the ryan ellis trade was a little suspect but hey you can't win them all but i don't think that the that the jamie drysdale trade is a loss dude like this is a guy that will step into your lineup immediately as long as he can stay healthy and then grow with this team man and if he shows that hey i want to be a flyer i want to be in philly well fuck you guys got a top four you know defenseman arguably for the next 10 15 years for christ's sake so um right shot defenseman as well like you said those are hard to come by man you don't just you don't just trade for those or find those in free agency very often and if you do it tends to be an overpayment so uh what i respect here is danny Breer saying okay we're in a shit scenario are we gonna bitch and moan about it no let's let's do things let's do things the proper way like you said nothing leaked out they kept it under wraps and let's get some assets man it's like somebody shit in my hand but now i gotta wash my hands so where's the sink 
you can bitch about having shit over your hands or you can go and you can wash your hands and you know danny i just that's a great model just made it up but whatever <laughs> danny briere washed the shit <laughs> off of his hands and uh his hands are smelling like roses right now man so obviously my connection will always be there for the rest of time. Ryan Gilbert's going to hate Cutter Gauthier for the rest of this kid's career, and rightfully so. If this happened to my team, I'd be I'd be pissed at this kid, right? So that's that's how it should be. Now, Flyers fans, one sec, one sec, one sec. Are any Flyers fans? I'm selling these about thirty <laughs> bucks a piece. I have a pack of batteries here, thirty dollars each. So if you want, it, that's Canadian too. So you're getting a pretty good deal. So just reach out to me on Twitter at Jenkins underscore 94. If you would like to buy some batteries, I'll be happy to sell it for you. But if you're a Flyers fan, be pissed off. Boo the shit out of this kid every day for the rest of his fucking career. Every time he comes into Wells Fargo, get on this guy. Like, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, man. That's that's good for the sport. So, uh, Philly, you got a guy in Jamie Drysdale. You got a second-round pick. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. Let's make something like that work too, right? Let's let's keep the story going here. But uh Overall, it sucks, but overall, you know, it, it, it there, there's no shit on anybody's hands. So let's go Flyers. I still think Gritty fucked his mom, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even think, like, like sure, it, it sucks to, to lose Gautier, like a top prospect like that, but maybe it's just because we, we got fucked by Patrick and, like, we had all the hype with Patrick and he didn't pan out. But I'd rather have the sure thing of, like, a, a top four right-hand defenseman that, like we talked about, like, if he doesn't pan out, like in a, in a few years, you can trade him for, for something decent. Like we saw the Flyers give up a first round pick for Ristolainen, who was not worth a first round pick. Like we've seen Seth Jones been traded a few times now as like a right handed top pick defenseman that hasn't necessarily lived up to his potential. So like teams are going to want this guy no matter what. So I feel like getting him plus a, a second round pick that realistically is, you know, it's going to be like a late first. It'll come be in the top five, 10 picks in the second round. Like that's when True. Ducks have been drafting. Like we see these teams. Edmonton, their their issue is defense. Like we see these teams that have great great scorers and not good defensemen, and the Flyers are now building through through the back end, and, and I love to see it. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. I agree. It's such important. Sorry, it's one. It's such an important position, man. And anytime you can find a way to boost your back end, it's hard to it's hard to go against that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you eat some lasagna. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna boost your back end. <laughs> we got we got three uh we got three ad reads this show so i, I we're late already on our, on our on our first and second one so we're brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl playoffs is bringing you an offer that helped make the playoffs electrifying new customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Kevin Problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And are brought to you by Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets from sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I forgot the flash deals, last minute tickets in the game time app, uh, images of the seat view, lowest price guarantee, and all that good stuff. 
So uh, make sure you snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Perfect for the playoffs. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a, a hotline number for India. I might have to I might have to get that up for for our good friend in the Discord. Do they even have numbers in India? <laughs> Do they have phones? <laughs> <laughs> all right t- t- talent am i, am I hosting the show or are you taking over here yeah gilbert if you don't mind i'm really i just woke oh, that, up bro that, just, that works for me here um, i guess now that we're all back we'll, we'll not we'll go over a locked dog total last show really quickly uh talent three and oh plus 3.37 units i was one and two Ooh. down 0.99 uh joel two and one plus 0.23 uh t-bomb you, you swapped it you, you're doing good on january 6th Okay, I yeah, yeah, fucking so I bet you were too, eh? Um, <laughs> I gotta here. Let me. I'm pulling up the sheet right now, sir. I don't really remember picks. I remember sweating out every single one of these picks. Like everyone was close as shit. I think my lock just off the top of my head was Minnesota. Uh, yeah, right, Minnesota yes. money line versus Columbus. They were losing like three two with like five minutes left or something like this, and I was I was torn. I hated everything to do with the Wild. And then they ended up tying it, and they got really fired McCoy. up. I think they won this game in a shootout. So that game, exactly, that came back to hit. Uh, my dog was Vancouver Moneyline versus uh, New Jersey, plus 102. Um, I believe Vancouver went up early in this game. It was like 5 4 4 nothing or something stupid like that, 3 nothing. And then New Jersey battled back in the third. It was like a 5-4 final. I don't know if Vancouver got an empty net or something like that, but it ended up being a one-goal final. It looked like the Devils were pushing back. But anyways, Canucks held on for me. And then for my uh, total, I had Calgary, Philly, under 6, minus 115. First period, no goals. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is a cakewalk. Four goals in the second. I'm like, holy shit, what the hell? Uh, and I think there was one goal early, early, early in the third period. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, you know, I'm playing for the push here. I'm playing for the push just keep it at six and they ended up holding it was like a three two final i believe philly got the win so yeah you know overall solid positive day for the kid i was pretty happy yeah um, for me i went one and two down pretty much one unit there my lock was the oilers minus 198 against ottawa they won at one three one my dog was tampa bay plus 130 at boston off a loss and boston you know took it to them there seven three and then uh, my total Wild Blue Jackets under six plus one hundred five. Uh, like Talon said, it was three two late in the third. I thought maybe it might might go under there, but the Wild did tie it up and then uh, win it in overtime. My lock was the Penguins money line against the Sabers at minus one sixty two. Uh, they lost. I don't remember what happened that one. Uh, I don't think it was really close either. Uh, maybe it was close in third period, but the, the, the Sabers uh, mm-hmm. took the lead back. Um, Doc, we were. Just the Epstein Island game, the Predators versus the Stars. I had the uh, yeah, the Preds. <laughs> plus one thirty six. Got the job done, no problem there. They were leading most of the game. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty close, but the I think they were the better team in that one. And then total, uh, Talon mentioned this game already. The Canucks Devils were six and a half. No goals in the first period. Somehow, despite all the chances, and then it just just lit up. Six four final, no problem at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think the, the that the ones that won were good bets. Penguins was not a good bet. All right, yeah. There, uh, Talon. Do you want to go over the the Nylander signing now, or you want to do it tomorrow ooh, when you have a, a better ooh, better head on your shoulders? Um, how many games do we got today? We got we got three games. Three. So I mean, if three. if you want to go off a little bit, you, you we can do it after the games too. If you want to want to collect yourself a little bit. 
Yeah, let's do it after the games. Let's get all to our right. picks here. Nobody wants to wait well, for us to pitch about the under before that. Uh, first of all, let's go to uh, Cut here. Cut, K-U-T-T, is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with ver- verifiable outcomes, plus tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a bet- betting social network. Cut offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds. You can create your own bets. They handle the payment side of things, so you don't have to chase anyone down for money. Uh, social features like group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. And you get rewards. You get cash back every time you bet against your friends or other users. Download Cut today in the App Store. That's K-U-T-T. And use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. That's K-U-T-T. Promo code SGPN. And, of course, Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. Uh, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right, uh, gentlemen. Are you ready to get into this three-game slate for Wednesday, January 10th? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I love it here. Uh, kick things <laughs> off at the 7 p.m. time slot. We got the Montreal Canadiens at the Philadelphia Flyers. Game itself is at the Farg. Flyers are minus 175. Canadians are plus 145. Over-under is at 6. Overpaying off minus 118. With the under at minus 102 here. I'll kick this off here with my with my flyers here at home. And a bit of a slide now. Lost uh lost uh seven of their past nine games. You know, three of those losses were in overtime. Tough loss to the Penguins at home on Monday night, but you know, no one cared about that. They cared about the, the cutter Gautier situation there. Uh big win against the Flames in the uh, Ed, Ed Snyder legacy game. A lot of uh, a lot of brouhaha's and fighting and, and brawls and whatnot there. Uh, Canadians coming off a good win against the Rangers at home, 4-3 in a shootout. Got outshot pretty heavily. They got outshot in all three of their last games. They, they are 2-1 uh, and one in those games, though. But, yeah, they're, they're not very good on the road, 9-7-3 and three on the road, so under 500. Flyers aren't good at home either, 9-8-2. and two. So uh, if I wasn't a Flyers fan going into this game, I would probably lean to the Canadians. But give me the Flyers here, minus 175. There's no way this team is losing after after Goji, <laughs> after being embarrassed by them. They're going to come out. They're going to maybe even on the puck line here, plus 136. They've been playing way too many close games recently. We, we, need, a, we need a good, easy win here. And I feel like they might be able to uh, deliver it here against uh, Caden Primo, who has not been good. This season, I don't think he's played much recently. Uh, son of former Flyers legend Keith Primo. I think his save percentage is under 900. So, yeah, give me the Flyers here on the money line or puck line. Then give me the over two. Flyers going to uh, open this one up. Yeah, I think I'm going to go against there with what they have. So the, the, the Flyers have been struggling lately. They don't quite have the, the, the same underlying numbers that they, they once did. And they're going to kind of get unlucky with some of these games, including that game against the... Uh, the Flames in that three-two win. Um, meanwhile, the Canadians are just uh, just continue to be these, these pesky dogs. And uh, you know, plus one forty-five. I mean, it's not the biggest number, but uh, I, I like to back the Habs when they when they are uh, you know this price or better. So uh, yeah, give me the Canadians. Not a, not a strong play for me here. It's uh, I don't like to I don't like to fade our Flyers here, but 
especially after the, <laughs> like you said, the uh, the Gautier incident. Maybe they, they they just come out mad because they lost the, the their kid. I don't know, but uh, I'm not reading anything anything to that. We're going with the Canadians here, and I like the I like the over as well, though. Uh, uh, Kane Premier, you're right. He's not been playing well, if if at all. And uh, the Flyers, I think they've been a, a bit lucky in terms of their um, not conceding too many goals. And they are also very good off the rush, counterattacking. So I think we could see a, a back and forth game here with with plenty of goals, uh, with like a four three halves final and in overtime. I think that uh, this this has the likelihood of uh, going OT. And we know what the Habs do in, in overtime. Uh, with Cole Caulfield and Suzuki, they they, they are uh, OT shootout specialists. You want another depressed giraffe uh, on the show tomorrow night? I mean, uh, that that'll do it. A fucking overtime <laughs> loss to the Habs. Um, I'm going with my boy Ryan on this one, dude. I absolutely 100 think the Torch is going to have these boys geared up and ready to go out of the gate here, especially with all this bullshit that just went down yesterday. Man, this is the kind of coach that this guy is, and by all accounts, you know a lot of these a lot of these players have kind of gotten behind it. Man, we're seeing all the success that Philly has had this year. I, I say this a couple times, and it kind of sounds like a cop out, but don't fucking galaxy brain this pick, dude. The Montreal Canadiens, I'm sorry, are not playing like a great team. Pesky. I don't even know maybe if I would go uh, that crazy with it, man. But some of these games that I've seen them play, they've been keeping up, but then they just find a way to piss away the game. And you guys talked about it with Caden Primo here. Um, He's not necessarily a great goalie by any means. What is he, a 4-4 record this year? He's got a 3.3 goals against average, a .898 save percentage. Like Ryan said, sub uh, sub 900 here. Habs 5-4-1 in their last 10, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, the Flyers, dude, the Flyers are going to beat the fucking absolute piss out of the Canadians here. So I'm going to be all over them at minus 175. Anytime you give me any playoff team against the Canadian notes on minus 175, I'm going to take it. Over, under, I don't think there's going to be as many goals in this one. Maybe that's a little bit crazy, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think what I'm going to do is wait and see if there's an early goal in the first period. And if there is, if that number moves up to like six and a half, then I'll bet the under. So those are probably my plays. Um, um, all right, going down to uh, 7.30 here. We have the Minnesota host Wild. In- instincts picked in there. <laughs> Dallas Stars. Uh, game itself is in Dallas. Stars are minus 198. Uh, Stars in the puck line are plus 124. Suckadilly. Wild are plus 164. <laughs> Over-under is at 6.5. We're paying off plus 102 with the under at minus 122. Uh, Talon, what, what do you got for this one here? Uh, we just saw this game, did we not? I think th- th- they played yesterday. The last game, last night. Yeah. But- Exactly, exactly. And I believe the Stars beat up on Minnesota. Although I, I shouldn't say that. I didn't watch it. I heard that Minnesota was a little feisty, but 4 nothing final. The numbers Matt Murray. Matt, Matthew Murray with the shutout. Matthew Murray. So I guess we're seeing Wedgwood in this, maybe? Or maybe they could go back to Murray. Who knows? Um, uh, he might be back, I think, pretty yeah. soon anyway. Maybe not for this one, but uh, I think he, he's on the yeah. end. All right. Well, Stars at home, man. Stars are a kick-ass team, especially at home this year. What's their record? Do, 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 do. I can't even see. I was unprepared. They are fuck. I suck. Do, 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 do. They are twelve seven and two at home this year. Technically a better road team, but still. Uh, Minnesota has been struggling, dude. Mark Andre Fleury. I wanted to get the shutout for me the other night. He definitely did not get the shutout for me the other night here. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Dallas here minus one ninety eight. But a juice might even be looking for them at regulation as well. I think that could be a decent look here. Um, then over under. I'm kind of leaning towards the over here, dude. Like. I don't know. Uh, this this wild. No, I take the I take the words under. Minnesota can't fucking score. They're absolutely terrible. And 
uh, yeah, that's what I'm going off. I'm just fading the wild every which way possible because this team is not a playoff team. Go fuck yourself, Minnesota. Give me the stars. Give me the stars of regulation. Give me the under six minus 122. I will take next. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the biggest issue for me with, with Dallas is that they're missing Miro Heiskanen, who is basically their whole team, at least their whole defense. And uh, they, they don't have a lot of uh, quality behind him. So, yeah, the, the blue line for the Stars is, is really lacking without him. But on, on the other hand, you know, the, the wild losing Kaprizov uh, is massive too. Like, they don't have a lot of goal scorers around him. Uh, but I... At the end of the day, I'm going to go with Haskin and being the bigger loss. So at, at minus 198, I can't, I can't do the stars here. I think the Wild come back strong in this one. Sad as is, sad as it is to say. Also in that win against the Blue Jackets, uh, Talon, uh, uh, Flurry passed Patrick Waugh to uh, he did. the most, uh, second most wins. Second most. Yeah, I, thought, I thought he's one away still, or is he tied now? He tied uh, it. He tied it. Okay. Okay, so maybe this yeah. is it. All right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> give me the wild here i i think that the the loss of hayskin is a big deal and then you know with these with these home and homes where they go back and forth uh it's 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 rare that you see the same team win both games i know the stars are the better team naturally but uh no i think the wild comes come with a better effort here and at least score a goal and uh and hopefully win this game if, if you if you back them um also i mean the injuries to both teams are kind of um confusing in terms of like what to do with the over six and a half the under six and a half it's uh you know you're, you're losing Kaprizov offensively but Marco Rossi's coming in strong he's, he's he's been picking up the pace lately and without Haskin in on the back end for the stars they they are uh you know find themselves in their own end a lot of the time so it, I don't know the, the total the stars goaltending has been slightly better lately but I still can't trust him defensively, and I still can't trust the goaltending. We'll see what happens with Ottinger going forward. I don't know how soon he's coming back, but uh, no, no real play for the total. Lean to the Wild. Yeah, I'll, I'll lean to the under here at six and a half. I don't think the Wild c- can score very much. Uh, I mean, besides their four three win in Columbus, they scored zero one one two two in their past uh, five losses. There, uh, they just lose four nothing to Dallas with. Matt Murray in that, making his first start of the season. So I think now with Wedgwood, who's been good, I think they get the job done here at home. Uh, but I'm not laying minus 200 here. I'll take him on the puck line, plus 124 or regulation. Um, Dallas beat him 8-3 back in Minnesota in November. Just beat him 4-0 uh, last year in the playoffs. They beat him rather handily, beat him in six games. Uh, three of those wins were by at least three goals, 4-1, 4-0, and 7-3. So... I think Dallas here on the puck line at home is the way to go. Minnesota 7-10-2 on the road, and Dallas 12-7-2 at home. So I think Dallas on the puck line is the best play for me. All right, going down to the 10 p.m. time slot to close things out here. We got the Vegas Golden Knights at the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, game itself is in Colorado. Avalanche are minus 142. Golden Knights are plus 120. Over-under is at 6.5. Overpaying off minus 102 with the under at minus 118. Uh, Mr. Meyer, what are your Avs going to do here against the uh, Knights? Yeah, two massive games between the Avs. Um, we played the Bruins last night. That was an excellent one. Marchand, of course, going against his uh, you know fellow Nova Scotian McKinnon. Two goals there for him, and and McKinnon uh, kept up his his home point streak, extended it to twenty one games. It's uh, he's closing in on some of the records. I mean, nobody's going to catch Gretzky, who apparently has a forty game home point streak. I <laughs> think nobody's catching that. Um, 
<laughs> McKinnon's going to try. All, not all in yeah. one season. Did he? Did he just get a point? Yeah, in every all in one, one season. season. Yeah, wow. it's yeah, insane. He, yeah, so basically every home game he had a point in. Um, yeah, so uh, for this one though, I, mean, I lean to the Avs. Knights, fuck the Knights. Don't like them at all, and they're not really playing great hockey. And without any solid goaltending, I don't know if Aiden Hill's going to be back for this one. Ryan was saying that uh, he's he's expected back this week. But uh, I don't know if the, you want to throw them right into the fire against the Avalanche in Denver. Um, so I, I lean to the Avs here. Kind of like to bet them. But after that, that big emotional win against Boston, maybe it's, it's not the best spot. But best bet for me for, for this one is, is the over six and a half. The Avalanche just, uh, <laughs> they, they're just, they're, they're scoring a crazy amount of goals, but they're also just very weak defensively right now. And the goaltending is, is pitiful. One of the worst goaltending tandems <laughs> in the league <laughs> this season. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the Avs go out and get a goalie before the deadline because um, Prozvatov and Georgiev are not doing it at the moment. And, yeah, defensively, not not good, but the power play is clicking. Offensively, they're, they're awesome. Like McKinnon is, is playing unreal right now. McCarr is getting back into the stride of things, ranting and scoring goals. Everyone's everyone's clicking offensively. It's, it's just a matter of keeping the puck out of their own net. And the Knights, same kind of thing. Like their their defense isn't playing well, and their their goaltending is is arguably worse than the Avs lately. I don't I don't know if that's possible, but uh, it's pretty close. So I'll have the over six and a half here would be my favorite bet for this one. Okay, um, as far as uh, Avs goaltenders go, are you interested in one other Russian? We have a Russian that we can give you. Do you want do you want another Russian for one, for half a year? Oh, it, we would have picked them up already. That's fair. Um, and on the other side here, for when it comes to uh, what's that team? Vegas is goaltending. Uh, I'm seeing Aiden Hill is expected to start. I'm also seeing he's on the IR, though, so I don't know how the fuck that works out. I'm also seeing that Logan Thompson is currently out with an illness, and the only other goalie they have up called up is Yuri Patera. It would make you think, though, that if one of these guys weren't – both Hill and Thompson weren't able to play. They would have called somebody else up to the roster, which they haven't done. So I imagine we'll see one of those two guys playing. And if Yuri Patera is in this game, oh my God, God help the Knights. Um, yeah, but I'm with you. My biggest play in this game would have to be the over six and a half, dude. Uh, you touched on it, Julie. Tough goaltending from Colorado's point of view. I think four of the past five games have gone over. Seven out of the past ten have gone over the number as well. Uh, 12 so be... goals against Florida, and Florida's been an under wagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And then, <laughs> But Colorado's scoring too, right? They got the offense as well, so it kind of contrasts and goes well together there. Um, I would definitely be on the over in this game. I fucking hate this game. This is two teams that have been shafting me from a gambling point of view all year long, dude. Every time I bet the Avs, they get their shit blown out and then come back to lose by one. And every time I bet the Knights, they just lay an absolute egg and lose like 4 nothing or something stupid like that. So I don't no, fuck it. Give me the give me the knights. Depending on if Aiden Hill's back. If Aiden Hill is not back, and we got Yuri Patera in that or Logan Thompson, give me the uh, give me the Avalanche. That would be my looks for this game. But the over is definitely my strongest play. Yeah, Hill could return here on Wednesday night. If not, he'll play Friday. I mean, against Boston, both both two tough tough games, no matter what. Um, yeah, I'll probably lean to the Avs here. What do you say? Minus one, one forty-five or so. Minus one forty-two. Yeah, they're seventeen and five at home. I mean, one of the best home ice advantages in the sport. I think they're playing with with the altitude. Uh, Vegas has not been good on the road. Nine eight and three. And yeah, it's either you know, I'm not sure if it's forcing Hill back early, but it's you know, getting him back in a game against a tough spot in Colorado, a tough spot to play with that altitude there. So yeah, like the Avs here, only minus one forty-two. 
But I do agree with you guys there. The over six and a half at minus 102 is pr- probably the best play, especially if it's Patera. Even if it's Hill, I think you know Vegas's defense has been hurt enough to the point where they're not going to necessarily play too well in front of him. And Colorado has been putting up you know four, four, five, five goals in their, in their last four games. So I think the over here is the best bet, and I'll lean to the Avs. I don't. Um, all right, consensus plays here for this uh, three-game slate on Wednesday. I believe it's just the uh, the Golden Knights Avs over six and a half here at minus one on two. Right. I want consensus play there out of the three games. And uh, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, uh, Talon, William Nylander, uh, re-signed mm-hmm. to a massive contract there by the Leafs. Uh, what are your uh, initial thoughts here? Yeah, you know, I should be wearing my Nylander jersey right now, but whatever, we'll do that uh, maybe next show. I'll bust that out tomorrow here. Um, all right, William Nylander here. Let's talk, let's, talk my, let's talk about our willies a little bit here, boys. You guys want to talk about our willies a little bit? Let's do that. Uh, it's Nylander- it's, it's going to be Willie Wednesday, so you have to. <laughs> there you go. We should do a couple of windmills over at it. Um, <laughs> No, so William Nylander has been an absolutely fantastic player, especially over the course of the last year and a half. But even before that, this has been a strong, you know, player for your team. This guy had 80 points in 81 games in the 2021-2022 season. Last year, he absolutely popped off, scoring 40 goals and 47 assists for 87 points in 82 games. This year, we know he's just been on a fucking rocket ship. 37 games, he's got 21 goals. He's on pace for like 47 goals, 120 points. Nobody's done that as a Leaf since like fucking Dougie Gilmore. Which is insane. Like when you put Nealander in like that kind of aspect, but this is how he's playing, man. And uh, the irony is he's not showing any sense of stopping either, right? Like you watch this guy, and I've, I've said this before, and I'm not putting him in the likes of this players, but maybe it's time to start thinking about it. You look at a guy like Nathan McKinnon, a guy like you know Connor McDavid and stuff. These guys drive play. You notice them when they're on the ice. And by no means am I saying that Nylander's in that top tier because that is the top tier. I'm not saying he's there, but over the past year and a half, this guy has been an, a standout every time, every night that you watch this game, man. You watch this team play. Who's that buzzing along, breaking in zone entries, making solid plays with the puck? His defensive aspect of his game is so underrated, too. This guy will backtrack and strip the puck of you, similar to a Pavel Datsuk. It's insane. Nobody ever talks about that. But anyways, the point is that he's a very noticeable player. And this player just got fucking paid, dude. Eight years, $92 million. It's like the highest value contract in Leafs history. Um, it's a lot of money, man. Eight, $11.5 million cap hit. Uh, people have been having a field day. I, 
did you guys talk about it at all yesterday? Did you go deep in it or just touch on it? Or very, very briefly, we said, you know, we'll, we'll touch into it when we have talent back okay, on the show. Okay, so. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a lot of money. It, it really is. You, you can't go against that, man. $11.5 million players, and it's a lot of money considering that you have three other guys on the team that are making over $11 million or close to $11 million as well. There's no emphasis around that. But, man, what do you do when you have good players? You fucking, you got to hold on to them, right? Like, you have to. It's a good problem to have that you have four guys on your team that are over a point per game three of them are you know pushing to be 100 point season players and everybody says oh the Leafs are playing this well how many other teams have three guys that are pushing 100 points you know not many teams have that so I understand the critic point of view saying oh you can't be given all this much money you haven't won it's proven that you can't win with this only one player has ever won a cup with over 10 million dollar cap hit we're going to see that change pretty often because soon a lot of people are going to be making this so William Nylander, man, I'm all for this contract. I really am. The biggest thing that I fucking love so much, dude, and I got so much respect for this because, you know, and it sounds so stupid, but for the longest time, it's something this franchise didn't have. We have people that want to be here. An eight-year deal, that's a big thats big news in Toronto, man. Even Matthews only signed like the four couple-year deals or the four-year deals, five-year deals and stuff like this, especially out of his ELC and then out of you know the contract that he just signed as well. So to have somebody that says – and Nylander loves this fucking city, bro. You can't argue it. This guy did his post-press interview after he signed with a Sugo hat on. I have a Sugo hat too. You know what it is? It's a local mom-and-pop's Italian restaurant in Toronto. And it's absolutely unreal. It's fun. But like, how sick is that? This guy just loves the city so much. And for the longest time in Toronto, we didn't have that. Growing up, you know, we had the Matt Sundin era. But after that, nobody was like, oh, I want to be in Toronto. In fact, you heard the opposite. Nobody wants to play here. Nobody wants to be here. Well, now we have guys that do, man. And that's so important. And that's so important for the future of this team, too. For all the young kids growing up in the city, they're like, fuck yeah. I want to play here, you know? So I, I just got the most utmost respect for somebody that says, fuck yes, I want to commit 16 years of my life and my career to this team. Because he's already been here for eight. Just signed another eight-year ticket, full no-move clause. He's not leaving Toronto unless he wants to. So I got the most utmost respect for that. You can throw Morgan Rowley in that category too. It's a lot of money, man, but this guy's playing fucking lights out. And at the end of the day, are you better with William Nealon on your team or without William Nealander on your team? And I, I just got to say, you're better with Willie, man. Now, what are the implications here going forward when it comes to Marner, Tavares, whatever it might be? That's a whole different story. But for the love of God, for once in his fucking life with this team, and even if you hate this team, can we just stop talking about numbers? Like, I, I know it's an important part of the game, but this shouldn't be a, oh, William Nealander signed, what's the cap hit? What's the cap hit? This should be, holy shit, William Nealander signed to a team that – literally doesn't have a lot of records if you look at like point leaders and shit there's fucking nobody there's matt sundin and there's nobody else from the past like 40 years william nylander signing this contract pretty much just solidified that his jersey will be retired as a toronto maple leaf he will be top three in team scoring for the record of this franchise it's been around for over a fucking hundred years and hasn't done shit so like it, it's it's remarkable that all that just gets pushed to the side and the first thing that people say is number too much money too much money. Can't fit. Can't win. Well, guess what? This team goes to the playoffs every fucking year, and all you got to do is get to the goddamn dance. So uh, I, I just think it's it's such a fucking shame that nobody talks about the legacy that this player just solidified with this team, and all they do is just say, nope, the numbers. And God forbid, if they fucking win a cup with this guy, and he's committed to 16 years of his career with this team, this motherfucker's going to be on Legends Row. We got statues in front of the fucking Air Canada Center, bro. And William Nylander and his 
gorgeous golden locks. Don't you fucking think for a second that they won't be right there because they fucking will be. So we got a statue for guys that didn't even win a cup with this team. So he's going to be there regardless, man. But uh, like I said, it's awesome to have him. I'm so stoked to have him. I've always loved this fucking player here. And uh, I, I just think that we need to sit back and take a bit of a broader view and be like, okay, you know what? Our good players that we drafted and developed, which is something that we weren't able to do for 10 fucking 15 years because assholes like Burke and fucking John Ferguson Jr. kept trading all of our first-round picks so we never had any homegrown fucking talent. Well, now we do. And most importantly, they want to stay here. And even what he said, he wants to win here. Every interview that he brought up, he said, this is where I want to win. He didn't say, this is where I want to play. He said, this is where I want to win. And, you know, that might be miscule. You could say it's just all catering to the media. To me, that's special, man. So I'm I'm so happy to have this guy on our team. Yeah, even if it, even if it's catered to the media, like people don't cater to the media. Like that, that's, that's, that's big for, like you said, it's big for Toronto getting him signed most expensive contract in Toronto history. And like to the people that say, yeah, you're not, you're not going to win with four, four players over 10 million. You know, maybe not, but you see these other top teams like the Bruins, like the avalanche bring like, like the Leafs even bring in these veterans on like $1 million deals, like JVR in Boston, Shattenkirk, Giordano in Toronto. And like, and like Jonathan Druin, we've been shouting out in the discord and he's been great for, for the abs. He's a, he's at under a million. Cogliano there under a million. Like when you have, when you're one of the top teams year after year, veterans on the second half of their career where they're still solid players, they want to play there. They want to win if they haven't won or they might be the one get a second one. So, yeah, locking him up, up is huge. Um, it's definitely going to – I'm interested to hear what you think is going to happen with uh, Tavares and Marner, if they're going to re-sign one of them, re-sign none of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, this is this is huge for Toronto, getting him signed now. I likened it to the Pasternak contract uh, when we talked about it a few, a few nights ago. That seems pretty much almost identical. You know, signed a little bit earlier in the season, but a little bit up uh, 11.5 instead of 11.25. But yeah, it's, it's about about the same. He's a great winger. He's 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 playing fantastic this season. This seems to be like his breakout year. He's a point per game player. So yeah, I think Toronto has this guy locking him up is the uh, the smart thing to do. I'd rather have Pasternak. Like this guy. This okay. Fight, yeah. More aggressive. I'd rather have his 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 goal scoring in the playoffs too. More and more approved performer. Although Nylander's been good in the playoffs. I know. That's, yeah. Can that. I just say that quickly? Everybody that's shit on this guy for the playoffs. This guy had ten points in eleven games. Like, and even before that, this is the player that always shows up in the playoffs, man. So you can Not get on always. The, get Not on. Always. Yes, always. You look at every year. Every year, yeah, look at the look at the look him going the corners. Like remember those those little, those little clips, like him trying to battle it with players. Like he's, he's, he's he was soft. Okay, maybe he's different now. I don't but... agree with that whatsoever, Joel. This Since... guy this guy showed up every year when it comes to the playoffs for this team. And you can get yeah. on the team for playoff performance. You can't get on William Nylander for playoff yeah. performance. Since the bubble, he has twenty nine points in thirty playoff games. Like that, that's that's good, and big goals too. That's it's fine. not like it's just like four point games in one game or something to boost those numbers. He's showing up every game in playoffs. Yeah. Sorry, Jolie. Continue. My bad. Definitely lately. But no, all I said uh, on the last show was that it, it was perfectly average. Like, this is what he was expected to get, and this is what he got. So that's fine. But you also said that the no move clause is, is a, you know, a sign that he wants to be there and all that, which, which might be true and all that. But I don't think that's, that's great for the team because he's going to be, what, 29 when this contract kicks in, which will take him all the way to age 37. And I don't, there's no way he's going to be the same player at that point uh, as he is right now. And that's, so the, 
that that's a problem like in the last uh you know last three years or so of the contract so uh, that, that's, that's something to deal with down the road but of course the window is now right for the for the leafs so you're not you're not too worried about that but pasternak at the same time he doesn't have a no move clause after the first four years of the contract so i i really like the pasternak deal better that's all i'm saying about that um like the, the bruins can get rid of me after after four or five years if they wanted to not, not that i expect that to happen but they're they at least have some flexibility in that respect but no no this is fine for the leafs i just i i disagree with uh building from the front back like i like building with big defenders like paying your elite defenseman and winning the cup that way that's the way most most teams win the cup with uh defense and goaltending the leafs are going like a different approach which is fine but if it works out for them but i just i don't see it happening but uh good good for you yeah you get the guy locked in as a fan you want to see this guy around for a long time and i totally understand that yeah so neander will be turning 36 when this contract ends the one thing i want to say dude like this guy has turned into the into the player that everybody says he wouldn't. You know, like everybody says, oh, you think William, you think soft, you think selfish, you think doesn't go into the corners and stuff. You know, maybe he's not going into the corners and taking big hits, man. But this guy, especially this year, hasn't been afraid to go in there and muck it up a little bit. This guy's jacked, dude. I don't know if you ever seen a picture of Neilander without a shirt on. He's a fucking horse. And obviously, you have to have the mindset to go with it, bro. But the one thing I will say now. And this is maybe no, this isn't even being harsh. This is what it is. If you're making eleven point five million dollars, you're you have to be a perennial goal forty goal scorer now. You have to be scoring forty goals a year for at least you know six out of the eight years of this deal. And, and you know that's hard to do. That's hard to ask. But he's showing that right now that he can do that. He has to keep that up because if he doesn't, he is open to criticism and rightfully so. If this guy goes up and puts up you know thirty goals and you know seventy five points, well, guess what? That's not good enough. The amount of money that you're making, that's not good enough. It's as simple as that. So when you take this money, you also have to know that, hey, you're you're one of you. Obviously, you have been one of the guys, but now your expectations are through the roof. Keep in mind, this is the one player when it came to the Marner Matthews Nylander negotiations that only made six point nine million dollars. And he had to hold out for half a fucking year in order to get it. So he's been grossly underpaid throughout his entire second contract. Now you got the money. You can't let that productivity slip off, man. You have to be scoring 40 goals a year over a point-per-game player when you're making that much money. The one thing I will say compared to the Pasternak deal, because uh, apparently Joel and I are going to have to fight over this, uh, if you look at percentage of the cap here, when Pasternak signed, he signed for a much larger percentage of the cap than William Nylander did. Because that cap went up $4.5 million or something next year, which is when this deal kicks in. Pasternak signed last year, man. So percentage of the cap wise, that greedy pig David Pasternak took more. So I'm, that's all I'm going to say. He, uh, more. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he is he is better. Yeah. Yeah. So we can all agree that David Pasternak is better than William Nealander. No one's going to argue about that. Um, but yeah, dude. So I don't know. It, when it comes to what do we do going forward? And everybody says, oh, well, Leafs are fucked on the salary cap long term. Now, look at look at B-dubs in the Discord with this one. Like, oh, where are you going to get all this magical cap space? Just look at the fucking numbers, man. Like, I'm sorry. You can go with that narrative all you want. Tavares' $11 million is coming off the books as of next year. Yes, you have to pay Mitch Marner if, if you want him to be around, which I imagine they will. But, like, do you think John Tavares is going to sign for $9 million on his next contract? realistically if john Tavares signs for anything under seven million dollars all you did was flip those two numbers neilander at seven and Tavares at 11 
All you did was flip it. So you're working with the same thing. But you can, no matter how much you say that to anybody else, they're just going to say, nope, disregard it. Nope, disregard it. So if we do have any Leaf fans that listen, which I don't think they do, you can always bring that up. But to everybody else, just be open to it. And truth be told, I don't think Tavares is going to be asking for $7 million on his next deal, man. This is a guy that, you know, you can laugh and say, oh, you could say he wants to be in Toronto, but does he really? He wants the money. He's made a hundred fucking million dollars. His entire family lives in the fucking GTA. His wife's family lives in the GTA. His wife's sisters, yeah. His wife's sister cuts my mom's hair for Christ's sakes and whippy. So like, when this guy's this old, he's going to be 35 at the end of this deal for Tavares. Obviously on the latter half of his career, obviously he wants to win. He's the captain of the Leafs. I don't think he's going to be going gouging at the fucking contract table. I wouldn't be surprised to see this guy takes like the the Bergeron or the Chara. Well, guess what? You get the captain of the team. You get what we have left. You want a one-year deal of $5 million this year? Sure, take it. You know, maybe next year it's a $1 million or one-year deal at fucking $4.2 because that's what we have left. Sure, take it. But to, to argue that Johnny Toronto is going to go anywhere else at this point in his career is absolutely crazy to me. Uh, and to think that he's going to be price gouging, it's unrealistic. So um, the, the irony is, though, if you did want to break up this core four, when it comes to the Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and Matthews, the guy that wanted to do it, and the guy, the only guy in the history of this team that was like, okay, I'm open to looking into moving this core four, fucking Brennan Shanahan canned, shit canned, and fucking axed him, Kyle Dubas. And then, you know, some people, someone on the show, especially tarred and feathered him on his way out. So if you're going to come at us saying the whole, oh, fucking, you can't win with the core four locked up to this much fucking money. Well, the one guy that wanted to actually fucking move it and looked into moving away from them, you know. He didn't actually do it, though. He didn't do it. He didn't get a chance to do it. He said it. That's what he said in that fucking press conference. And they fired He's the one who signed the contracts to begin with. Oh my God, you're fucked in the head. Like <laughs> he was the only one that ever said, "Yes, I'm willing to part ways with this." And look, we can and we will. Again. That's what he said about signing. Those okay, guys. six years ago. What about fucking six months ago? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? He's here? repairing his past mistakes. That's all. Yeah. Doing, well, at least man. he was willing to do so. And instead, what did Shanahan do? He said, "Fuck no, get out of here. You're not breaking up my core." And this isn't these Matthews and Nylander signings. Let me preface this: these aren't Bradtree Living signings. This was Brandon Shanahan. Okay, everybody knows who's really running the shots when it comes to major decisions in this organization. And that was proven last year with what we just saw and what we just talked about. So if it doesn't work, don't get at me with the Dubas gave these guys too much fucking money. Uh, You better be coming balls to the wall. I'll buy you the feathers. You bring the tire and you better be knocking on Shanny's door, Joel. So that's all I'm going to say. And Kiprios hates that. (laughs) Kiprios isn't going to rip into Shanny. He hates that. He's sitting there right now. just Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, exactly. So... uh, uh, and all, all, all you fuckers are going to be like that, too. So I'm just saying the one guy that was willing to move away from the core four was the guy that you fucking threw to the curb. So if you're going to come at me with that, that's all I'm going to bring up. I, I do like weird. I do like that point about uh, Tavares and Nylander pretty much probably switching cap hits after next season. But so, yeah. And then and they got like you got like either Nyes or, or Robertson or Humbert or Humbert, one Humber. of them. One of them hopefully stepping up. So yeah, that, that's my thing. Like, and oh, one more thing. I know Talon, you don't care about this, but the uh, the underlying metrics do back up Nylander being one of the best two way forwards there on the uh, on the Leafs. The uh, love uh, analytics. Now, now he two, loves it. Yeah, yeah. The Bertuzzi <laughs> Tavares Nylander line has an expected goals four percent of sixty point nine, according to a Money Puck, which is the thirteenth best out of one hundred and thirteen lines with at least a hundred minutes together. So yeah, that's my question. Is Marner just you know, bound for Chicago after next season. 
<laughs> no, Marner's going to resign. Marner's going to want so much fucking money. And you know what the irony is, is that this guy is going to get carved. Because when it comes to Leaf fans, they had such a sour taste in their mouth with fucking Darren Ferris, his agent, and Marner the last time around. And everybody says, Matthews get the money. Well, Matthews got the money. Marner's agent went out the day of the signing and carved the contract. How fucked up is that? Nylander takes a discount. Not a discount, but $6.9 million is a good fucking number for what he was playing under. And now Marner just gets carved, bro. So if this guy's asked for anything, like, you can't pay him more than Matthews. And Matthews signed, what, 13.25? So Nylander signed. If I'm, I'm sorry, if I'm like Tree Living or Brendan Shanahan, I guess, I'm saying, Marner, you get 12. Simple as that. That's what we're giving you. If you don't want it, fucking take leave. Simple as that. And you know what? Then you got twelve million dollars to do something else. And I don't, if twelve I don't million think dollars. Years, you know what he is. You, you said he's a passenger this season, right? In the Discord. But, oh, I didn't. He's, say a, he's a great. That's he's a, a great passenger. I think you said someone, passenger. someone said passenger. Maybe been Joel. Okay, maybe let me tell you right now. In there. Mitch Marner has had a rough year compared to what he's used to, but this is a guy that pushes 100 points perennially every fucking year. You can say, oh, he's on a line with Matthews. Well, he makes Matthews better. Look what happened last year. Matthews had a tough goal. He only had 40 goals. He was injured. And truth be told, there's some rumor that Marner has a pretty fucked up hand injury right now. So this is a player that's still worth $12 million. Don't get me wrong. Mitch Marner right, is This worth game's about money. to start. we got to, we got to wrap this up. You know, it, I'd love to spend another 20 minutes on the, on the Leafs, and I hope we get to spend another hour on Miko Rantanen when he has to resign. <laughs> But you never you want to fucking up, up. talk about your players. All you do is bitch about everybody else that does. Nobody cares about one talk, single team. People, I would talk about Randy forever. Talks about the team. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. God. Everyone loves the Leafs. Fuck. It pays the bills, I guess. It, 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 yeah. Maybe we, we, we. I think we have a lot more American listeners than Canadian ones. But yeah, in, in Canada, it's absolutely smart logic to talk about the Leafs. But uh, I think we need to wrap this up because I want to watch these fucking games, man. Yeah, we, uh, that's on us. We, we, we forgot talent was available to record. So I, we thought it was just going to be uh, Joel and I talking three games and, and Cutter Gauthier and Team Futures, which we will, we'll get to, I guess, our, our next I will, uh, I will just, show. You want to yeah, just throw sure. them out we there? Can save them. I can throw them out. Just throw uh, them out now. You, you, you bet them. You did the research. Just throw, yeah. throw out the bets. Penguins over 93 and a half points. Devils miss the playoffs. Devils under 96 and a half points. Just making the money back from before the season. Hopefully, don't get Polish middled. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, I don't remember the other one. There was one more. Just Blackhawks uh, again, probably Blackhawks under. No, yeah, again. yeah, that's a given. Just bet the Blackhawks under. They're going to lose to others tonight, and it'll go down. Um, yeah, so Devils, Devils unders, Penguins overs. Oh, Islanders missed the playoffs. Play, I got a plus one thirty. I don't know what, what's out there, but yeah, yeah one of those is going to hit. Devils, Islanders, I don't think both are making the playoffs. Devils are just in so much trouble right now. Losing Siegenthaler for an extended time now. Broken foot. <laughs> I don't think they're getting Dougie Hamilton back anytime soon. And unless they go on a like, uh, crazy spending spree to try to save the season, which I do not recommend. I think they just 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 chuck the season out rebuild for next year uh i think and jack hughes out for weeks too so cute or the the devil's out for weeks trouble. i saw it was like indefinite but i'm not sure if there was week to time. week is the word so yeah it's not good for the devil so uh unfortunately um that's the playoffs jack, jack hughes, jack hughes. Yeah. yeah yeah that's, yeah. that, that's so, a good look then Devils, Devils must play yeah. we can uh, talk about this stuff more in depth next uh, time we get some, some time we, we, we're not talking about the Leafs doll show oh fuck <laughs> you it was the, in the news Joel suck my dick if you ever want to talk about your ass we would be all on board you asshole we just listened to Ryan talk about the Flyers for 20 minutes too so fuck you <laughs>
Love you. Oh, all right, Harris, let's close this out. Make sure you are subscribed to the Hockey Goon Podcast on Apple, Spotify. I'll leave some five-star rating and review. Read it here. YouTube, uh, comment, like, uh, follow, all, all that good stuff there. We're seeing some good growth. So uh, shout out to all the new listeners and the loyalists as well. Of course, everyone in the Discord, sg.pm slash Discord. Great support system. If you're not in there, you're not making money. And follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN. They post some clips up there up there from the snap. So uh, make sure you follow us there on Twitter at HockeySGPN. Right on, man. Uh, all right. My name is Talon Jenkins. You can find me at Twitter at Talon underscore Jenkins 94. You can also find me leaving voicemails just talking about the Leafs to Joel Myers phone, baby. Hour and a half long conversations about the implications of Pontus Holmberg and Dennis Hill to me. Let's fucking go. I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. I'm Joel Myers. You can find me telling Talon that I don't have a phone. Send, send some mail instead. You know, Are you cool. Indian? Send a telegram. <laughs> Morse code. <laughs> Wait, is Joel whacked? <laughs> <laughs> I always say he's not a real person. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Ryan, you say the piece. Peace. Peace.